All right, Jake, welcome to the podcast. Oh, <laughs> what are you doing? What do you mean? What do you? I've never said that and not have the person say something. <laughs> what am I supposed to say? <laughs> I thought you were doing like an intro. <laughs> you gonna try it again? Yeah, but what do I say? I don't know. Normally they say thanks for having me, but you are not thanking me for making you do this. Yeah. All right. All right. It's okay. Okay. All right, Jake. You ready to be on the podcast? Yes. All right. This is the episode that everyone's been waiting for that we keep getting asked to do and i drug you into it yes you ready i think so all right so we're telling the story of how we changed our entire life basically (laughs) with one prayer right yes okay so if you don't know if you've not been following along on social media we announced that we had a huge life change happen recently And that we are no longer going on harvest. So the first question that I got a lot of was people were like, what does harvest mean? So how about you explain to everyone what you've been doing for a living the last five years besides farming and ranching at home and what harvest is? Seven years. Sorry. Not five years. Seven years. Okay. So harvest to us is it's actually custom harvesting. Yeah. And... We do custom harvesting from Texas to Canada, and we just go to farmers that don't have their own combines, and we harvest their crop for them. And that's how we've made our living for seven years. We started out really small and just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And next thing we knew, we were in Canada last year, so... (laughs) You were in Canada. I was in Canada. Yes. I was home with three kids. Yes. Okay. Um, well, back up and start. Okay. You tell the story of why we started harvesting. How did that story play out? We started harvesting when things started to get really financially tough on the farm. And we were trying to diverse and the first thing that we thought of is we have a combine in the shed that we're making payments on. So we already have it. We're already making the payments. So we need to use it to our advantage. So we started helping neighbors, cousins, and just local people with fall crops. And when we got done cutting our own wheat, we would go help anybody that wasn't done yet here at home. And then we ventured off, I think, the first time we went up by Pratt, like an hour away. The year after that, we went into Oklahoma. And the year after that, we went into Texas. And then that year, we went into Colorado also. And then I got hooked up with a guy in Colorado and went to Montana. And just met the right people at the right time and ended up going from Texas to all the way into Canada, Saskatchewan, Canada. Yeah. The story of how we went from like part-time custom harvesting to you were gone for eight months. Our entire living was coming basically from custom harvesting was a whole God thing in itself of 
I mean, anyone that's read the book has already heard this story about how the banker called and we thought we were going to lose the farm. And it was custom harvesting that literally saved the farm that God like opened a door right at the exact moment. And that door was into custom harvesting. Even deeper than we already were. We were already custom yeah. harvesting. But yeah, but it, it went like full scale. It went from like overnight. a month and a half of, out of the year to eight months out of the year yes. real quick. Yeah. So now we're done with harvesting. Yes. <laughs> and let me just, I mean, I'm pretty honest on here. So I, I told Jake earlier, I don't even know if this is the best time to like record this episode because we're both pretty like stressed and just <laughs> not, not in the best state. So I was like, maybe we should wait to record it. But then I'm like, no, this is just, this is just the real life. So why did we even think about getting out of harvesting? Well, the first thing was it's hard for us to have a life at home. Caitlin has businesses at home and I have to be gone and I don't have time to come back very often. So when I get into South Dakota, North Dakota, it's such a far drive that when you're there, you just stay there. It's like a 14 hour drive. Yeah. 14 to 16 hours. It's really hard on the family. And it was getting hard on the kids because their friends were showing calves in the fair, playing baseball, football. And I guess one night, I don't remember what Grady even said. He said something about showing a calf and we said, no, you can't do that this year. And the look on his face just made me start crying. Mm -hmm. So I said, I just, I hate this, that we're doing this to the kids. Mm -hmm. And Caitlin said, have you prayed about it? (laughs) I said, no. I can't. Why would I pray about it? There's nothing that God can do. You know, he's in this little box. Right. What can he do to get us out of harvesting? Like there's nothing financially that I could go do and to, to replace pay it. The bills. Yeah. Like harvested. Yeah. So. And it, okay. Again, anyone that's read the book has heard this, but custom harvesting wasn't just a job. Like it was your lifelong dream. Like it wasn't something you just fell into because you needed to pay the bills. Like you've always dreamed of this. As long as I was, as long as I can remember. So you were literally living your dream. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) And so to come and be like, I asked God to, to take away my dream in exchange for something else that I don't even know what that looks like, but it, okay. If we're being really honest, it wasn't, harvest that was that hard it was how hard it made everything else right yeah like our marriage by far harvest was the hardest part because trying to parent alone when your husband is 16 hours away and you're frustrated and you you didn't even have time to talk on the phone all that much you know if something broke down you might be working on something for eight hours and you know it was just there was so much stress involved that it wasn't like 
harvest itself was the problem. It was what harvest did to all of us. Yeah. That made it so hard. Right. So you prayed a prayer because you're... (laughs) Wife, because <laughs> you forced me. I forced you to tell God, and honestly, when I said that, I was like, "I mean, Jake's kind of right that what what could we ever do that's going to replace harvest income, which literally saved the farm?" Like, okay, probably nothing, but you know, pray the prayer anyway, see what God does. And how many days later was it? The next day. <laughs> okay, tell the story. The next day. I was at our local co-op paying for my fuel and a friend that I haven't seen in probably a year was in line behind me and we just stood there and visited for, I don't know, probably 30 minutes. And then he called me probably an hour after we got done visiting and I was already at home. And he said, I just thought of something. I have a really good job opportunity for you and I think you'd be great for it. And I said, well, I, you know, I'm harvesting. I can't, I can't take a job. And he's like, well, I know this guy that owns a ranch that's looking for a manager. And I think you'd be a really good fit. Do you want his phone number? I said, no, I don't, I don't think that would work for for me. I don't think that would work at all. And that night, I don't think I even told you about it that night. It was the next day. I slept on it. And I thought, does this have to do with my prayer? (laughs) That I prayed like 12 hours ago? (laughs) Like, surely it can't be. So we discussed it. And I said, hard no. And you said, no, you're not going to go manage someone else's ranch and sell the harvesting but operation. I didn't just say no. Like, I was mean. Yeah, you were very mean. I, but was, I even not, was thinking about I it. I was not kind. No. I, I was like, that is a, that's a dumb idea. Why would you even consider that? No. And you said, well, maybe I should just call the guy and see. And I was like, no, delete his phone number. That's no. And the next, I mean what was it? Like three days. We didn't talk about it again. Right. 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 And for like three solid days, I really felt like God was like, "Uh uh-uh, no, no. And I just had this really strong conviction. So I came crawling back to you and I was like, all right, you need to call the guy. And you're like, no, you're right. You're right. And I said, no, I'm, I'm being serious. God's convicting me and I shouldn't have shut it down. And I told you to call the guy. And what happened? I called him and had the job just not very long after. No, it, it happened really quickly. It happened really fast. Um, but we did. We prayed. We asked God for a lot of signs. Yeah. Um, especially like with the person, like going from owning your own business to working for someone, which again, being completely honest, my main issue was a pride issue. Like, that hurt my pride. Uh, from, you you I think it didn't hurt my pride? <laughs> I'm sure it did. <laughs> I'm just saying, but that was my thing too. Like, yeah. I didn't want to do that. That's it's, why I said yeah. no to begin with. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. I've never worked. I think when I was 18, I punched a time clock for like three months in the wintertime. And then you took over the farm. Yeah. So I've worked for myself for a long time and never, 
had to answer to anyone necessarily. Yeah. So going into possibly working for someone else, we prayed for a lot of signs. Like we didn't want to work with someone who didn't have the same like values and morals that we did. Like we didn't want to walk into a situation where we were going to get taken advantage of because you are like kind of a perfectionist and a people pleaser. And you're, it's easy for people to take advantage of you because you're so kind and so nice. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So we prayed for a lot of signs of what kind of people they were. And your very first, was it your first phone call with him when you had him on speaker? Yeah. So the very first phone call, Jake has the guy on speakerphone and I'm standing in the living room, like literally just pacing back and forth, praying for like all these signs. And within like two minutes, this guy is just like dropping these phrases and saying these things that I am literally in tears in the living room because I can't like believe what this guy is saying. It was the end of the conversation. Yeah. He said, let's pray about it. Yeah. And talk in a couple days. I mean, you could just tell by the way that they were talking. It was Jake said something about we're in the middle of getting like our foster care license. And this guy was like, oh, my wife and I have done foster care for years. It was like everything we said, this guy, like their family just totally lined up. So then we went down and met him in person. And it's (laughs) it escalated really quickly. Yeah. Um, But. I want to talk about like the little specifics where we saw God, because I feel like that's important knowing how we feel now. Yeah. You said that, well, first we were like, there's no way this job would pay enough to cover harvest. Like we were like, why are we even talking to this guy? And you said that you prayed and asked God for a, a, a number. You had a specific number. I had two numbers. You had two numbers. I had a low number and a high Mm -hmm. number. And I prayed that it would either be the high number mm-hmm. and I would say, yes, I can make that work. Or I prayed it would be a very low number and I wouldn't have to debate wrestle. about it. Yeah. I wouldn't have to think it wouldn't be in, it wouldn't be a wrestle. Yeah. It would just be easy to say that won't work. I'm going on harvest. Yeah. And we prayed and prayed for the wrong door to be shut. Yeah. And. Well, you Although, did. Yes, I did. I started praying for the job to work out because yeah. I got really excited about the possibility of you staying home. Yeah. And I really don't know if the wrong door did get closed, like, clearly. But things were getting harder for Harvest. Mm-hmm. Um, and doors were of, opening a lot of little things were getting harder on harvest and it just, everything felt so leading mm-hmm. towards the new job. Mm-hmm. Down to the fact that the high number you had in your head was the number offered. Yes. Like the exact same number. Yeah. So, and then even down to after we had met them in person and we were at church that Sunday. So in our heads all along, when we were talking about our two options, we would say harvest or the new job. Like it was always, we listed harvest first every time because that's what we were already doing. Harvest or the new job. So we were at church on Sunday and we had some missionaries from Mexico up visiting church and 
we know them, but not real well. We've only met them a couple times and they're the sweetest people. And the woman comes up to me and she said, don't think I'm crazy. I, I really need to tell you, um, I have no idea what this is about, but God is telling me to tell you to pick the second one. And I have no idea what that means. And obviously I just am like trying not to sob right there in church. Um, because we had told no one, like it was a total secret. No one knew. And, but then I immediately was like, well, what does that mean? Like, does she mean like pick the second option is in harvest and the new job with the new job being the second one or the second choice of what we want to do. And it was, then I started second guessing, but all along we had been saying harvest or the new job. Do we know? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> so anyways, but even after you accepted the job, it still felt like doors were opening and the the doors to harvest were shutting. Like you were you were having people call you to buy your equipment before you were even listing it for sale. Like before people even really knew we were getting out of harvest. Yeah. It felt 100% right. It felt 100% right two weeks ago. Until. <laughs> this is why I said maybe we should wait to record this until we're not so fast. It felt 100% right until we saw combines going south. Yeah. So what was it? Three weeks ago? And Caitlin. Yeah. I really started this whole thing. You were fine. No, I wasn't fine. I just didn't want to tell you oh, because I knew goodness. that you, <laughs> I knew that if I told you, you would free, start freaking out. And I thought that you would be okay. Yeah. But you so, were, even no, you were not okay. I was not for like, I, I was a lot not okay. That was great grammar. But okay. So we were headed to work cattle one day and I had to run to town to drop the kids off at my mom's. And on the way to town, I meet like four combines and the grain carts and the semis and the campers of a harvest crew that we know. Can we cut in the same town as them? Yeah. Like we know them. And I saw them all headed south and I knew they were going to Texas to start harvest. And my dad was actually like in the middle of their convoy. And my dad called me not thinking I was sad because I... I've for like four years now, I've been praying for Jake to get out of harvest because it was so hard. So no one has any idea that I'm like sad. And my dad calls me and he's like, Oh, I'm in the middle of the crew. And Oh, did you see what crew it was and everything? And I just started sobbing. And then my poor dad is like, Oh no. <laughs> and we still had to go to Oklahoma and work cattle that day. Yeah. And it was a long day of like working cattle. Oh yeah. And I just like cried the whole day, didn't I? Yes. Like there was people like there was people there helping us and I'm sure they thought I was just insane because I couldn't quit crying the whole day. <laughs> it's an emotional roller coaster. It was just But hold on. I think we should clarify. We we do feel like we made the wrong choice. Or I mean, excuse Wait, me. What? Excuse me. <laughs> We do feel like we made the right choice. Yeah. But there's a lot of emotions. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. Missing the adrenaline of harvest. Yeah. Okay. So what hit me the hardest was when I saw those combines and I knew that you were going to see the combines, it all felt like it fell on my shoulders. Like it was my fault that you gave up your lifelong dream. Like that was what hit me. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's not your fault. 
but it was just like, I knew we could have made harvest work if me and the kids could have gone full time. And it was just like, maybe I should have tried harder, you know? Yeah. And so that was what hit me knowing that you willingly literally gave up your lifelong dream to spend more time with us. But I didn't make the sacrifices I could have made to go on harvest with you. So it was like a wave of guilt that hit me. And I did not stop crying for like four days. Did I? No, you did. Like, it was really bad. And I, I straight up was like, what did we just do? Yeah. What did we just do? Yeah. Um, and at one point I was like, Jake, the combine is still in the yard, in the yard. We can be in Texas tomorrow. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. But the last few weeks have just been really hard. Yeah. Right. I mean, for both of us. Well, our life, I mean, it, sh- it should have been expected to not be easy. Mm-hmm. We didn't think that it was going to be this hard, but mm-hmm. I mean, it was our life for seven years. Mm-hmm. I mean, and our oldest is nine. Mm-hmm. That's all he really knows. And he was, he was mad. When yeah. we told him. I thought That's he would be really excited. I thought he would be thrilled that he was going to get to stay home, yeah. show a calf in the fair. Thought he was going to get to play baseball, but we missed, missed. the sign up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was hard. We really thought the kids would be excited. All three of the kids were mad. Yeah. Like they were very upset. Yeah. Um, that hit hard. Yeah. Cause it was like, Oh, we like did this so we could all be together. And you guys would have rather just got on harvest. Yeah. So it was just like, there was that blow. And then it was just like your new job. We still weren't seeing you very much because everything down there was crazy. Um, it's so the ranch that you're running is like 45 minutes away from home. And it was just like, we still don't hardly see you. Things are still stressful. Like it, it just felt like everything got worse. Yeah. And like, I was pretty honest on Instagram when I was like, I don't know what I've done. <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh no. And then it was like, I announced to Instagram that we were going to sell the combine. And I was like, am I going to have to announce that we changed our minds? <laughs> <laughs> but there's just, there's no going back. No going back. So I asked people on Instagram, like what questions they had, you know? And I said, Uh-oh. they, they threw some like heavy hitters. Um, okay. So somebody said, how do you know your dream is the right dream from God? And how did you know you were hearing him? So I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I know the theological answer. <laughs> I mean, it, okay. This is important. Like you said, God did not slam either door in our face. Like we asked him to. I mean, we asked him a lot. Well, that was another reason I felt so guilty because you the whole time kept praying, God, your will, God slam the wrong door in our face. And I prayed that prayer at first. And then I got excited about the thought of you being home. And I switched up my prayers and I was like, Hey God, actually, if you could just make this new job work out, that would be fantastic. <laughs> so yeah, I understand a little of my guilt came from that knowing like, well, I actually really did pray for this. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, I think maybe we pray for something so much and then God gives it to us. But then we're like, that's not actually what we wanted. Maybe he did know what he was doing. 
And it was like, is this one of those times or is it not? Which I don't, I don't think it is. But like you said, neither door slammed in our face. And I think if we would have chosen to go on harvest, that God would have still blessed that. If he would have made it extremely clear, I mean, he made it pretty clear, but you know what I mean? I think that, yeah, basically what you said, he, neither door really got slammed. Like I really was hoping, Mm -hmm. but I was praying for his will Mm -hmm. and whatever I felt, I felt like for whatever reason, just a lot of little reasons, I guess that he was leading me towards the new job. He's going to be with me, whether I'm going to the new job or I went on harvest. Right. He was not going to abandon me if I picked the wrong thing. Thing. Yes. As long as we're trying to do the right thing, I I feel like he's going with us. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that was hard too, though, was that we were kind of like, man, we're being obedient and we are changing. Like we are taking this huge leap of faith just to be obedient when we don't know what this looks like. And then our feet hit the ground and we were like, Oh no. Oh no. (laughs) Because it was so much harder than we thought. It was way harder. It was like the job was way more intense than I originally planned it being at first. But yeah. I fell into it at a really busy time of the year. Yeah. And I was working. I was leaving before dark and not getting home until after dark. You were left here to take care of everything that I <laughs> abandoned. Yeah. By yourself. Yeah. Which you did a lot during harvest, too. Yeah. So it wasn't completely new for you to do that. It wasn't completely new. But it was just this. Like I've preached on Instagram before, just because God calls you to something and you're obedient doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Right. But then when it slapped me in the face, it was like, man, that, that hurt a little, that, that stung a little. Yeah. Yeah. But also going back to the, how do you know if it's the right dream? We had a lot of the little signs, like we talked about, like the exact number being brought up, you know, there was a lot of little things that made us believe it was the right decision. Yeah. Right. I mean, I've always kind of just been um, a gut feeling like, Mm -hmm. does it feel right or does it not feel right? Which is the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Yeah. And that's it felt right. Yeah. Hey, friends, just taking a short break to tell you about Henderson Farms. Yes, Henderson Farms is Jake and I. And if you follow me on Instagram, then you've probably seen every week as I take our homegrown beef and I ship it all over the country. And you've also probably seen how we spend every day as a family out here on the farm taking care of our cattle and raising some of the best beef around. We just launched our Farm Club member boxes, which means you go to our website and you choose what cuts of beef you want and whether you want them monthly or quarterly, and we ship them to you. The best part about the Farm Club member boxes, though, is that the subscription boxes always ship for free. 
There's no commitments. You can pause, cancel, or skip a box at any time. And our beef is dry aged for no less than 21 days, which makes the flavor and tenderness out of this world. Our beef is also always USDA inspected. And if you guys go sign up today, we have a code. If you use free ground beef at checkout, you'll get five pounds of ground beef free in your first order. So just go to shophendersonfarms.com and enter the code free ground beef for five pounds of ground beef free in your first order. Now back to our conversation. So a lot of people are asking, I guess I never announced on Instagram that you took a new job. Like I never announced what you were doing now. Oh, just that you sold the combines because I'm looking through these and like 30 of them are like, well, what are you going to do now? So, okay. To clarify, because people were really confused. We still have all of our cows in our farm and land that we own. Like we didn't sell the whole farm. Custom harvesting is just taking our equipment on the road. We only stopped that aspect. Like we still have our farm. We still have our cows and our land and everything like that. Uh, Somebody did ask it like, well, won't you need that combine for your own crops? No. (laughs) So, yeah, we're a a very small farm. We don't, I mean, that combine was a lot of money, three quarters of a million dollar machine. We don't need that for our little, yeah, our little uh, farm here. No, we kept the tractors. We kept the semis. But yeah, the harvest, harvest equipment, the combine, the grain cart, yeah, the header. That was sold. That's what we sold. Mm-hmm. That was all that we sold. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll hopefully have more time to focus on our farm here at home. You know, harvest made it hard to do that yes. when it was me by myself and I'm yes. scared of cows. Yes. <laughs> Much better <laughs> than I used to be. But yeah. still, that didn't make it hard. Yeah. Our farm kind of got treated like the redheaded stepchild. <laughs> Is that politically correct to say? Yeah. Because I'm redhead? Yeah. Okay. You're going to get hate mail. <laughs> Don't send Jake hate mail. <laughs> okay. So somebody asked a really hard question and said, Don't you think that God wouldn't give you a dream that you shouldn't be dreaming? Which that was really hard for me to comprehend. But basically, like, is it weird that we know God handed us harvest however many years ago right? and he used that to save the farm. And now it kind of feels like he took it away, but he, we asked him to, right? Like we can have more than one dream. Like we also had a dream of being together as a family. Well, see, I don't, I guess I didn't ask him to take it away. Right. I just asked for something to change. Mm-hmm. Like, so exactly like what you said, I guess we can have more than one dream. He can use us in more than one place. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if someone's going to be like, well, is, is he punishing you? Why couldn't he have just, you know, made harvest, make you just a lot more money. And then you wouldn't have had to quit harvest. But, but that's where faith comes in. Like if it was yeah. that easy, we wouldn't have to have faith. We wouldn't have to trust him if it was always that easy. Yeah. I think right now is when he's asking us to trust him, especially when our feet hit the ground and we're kind of spinning around like, okay, but it's a little harder to trust you right now for being honest. Like we, there's a lot of stress right now. And 
a lot of questioning, you know. There's questions for me. I'm like, if if I'm doing what God has led me to do, why does it feel so difficult? Yeah. 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 Which I've preached a thousand times. Yeah. But it, it's much different when you're on this end of it. It's much. Yeah. We've been on that end of it. Yeah. Just not probably to this scale, I guess. Yeah. Never to the point where we literally changed our whole life and took this big of a leap of faith. Yeah. Faith. This was the biggest we've ever stepped out in obedience. Yeah. And I think to come on here and say that it was easy and that we don't have any regrets or any questions would be doing a disservice to so many people. Like, because that's not the reality of it. Right. That just because you step out in obedience doesn't mean everything is... Gonna be fine. Yeah. You know. A hundred percent. Okay. Are you ready for a really hard question? No. (laughs) I told you, they threw the hard balls. Somebody said, has God never let you down before, honestly? Huh. No. No, God has never let me down. Sometimes. It feels like it. Yeah, I was. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Continue. There's been many, many, many times in my life that I felt let down in the heat of the moment. I think anybody, I don't think there's anybody in the world that has not had that feeling of why God. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it doesn't take very, very long for us to see the why, like God shows us the why. And then we're like, Oh, that's why. Yeah. And then sometimes we will not see it this side of heaven. Like we'll never know. Right. And that's hard. Yeah. But I feel very confident, like honestly saying, no, he's never let me down. Even if I can't understand why right now. So somebody asked, do you regret praying for this change? Wait, let me go first. Let me go first. I do. I'm going to be fully honest. I regret it. I think if God would have put this solely on your heart and you would have come to me and I would have had nothing to do with it, I wouldn't feel the guilt that I feel. So I regret it. I don't regret the change. Mm, Maybe a little. I regret praying the prayer. Answer. At this very moment, I still don't know. I, <laughs> it's really, really hard. It's very emotional because harvest was like the thing that we did as a family growing up my whole life. That was just like the thing my dad ran a combine, I ran a combine, my brother ran the grain cart. I remember, I'll never forget the very first time my brother, my little brother unloaded on the go in this field right next to the house in the middle of a lightning storm. And my dad was ecstatic all over the radio, like so happy. Like harvest has just been such a huge part of our life is just even before we were custom harvesting, just harvest in general was always a really big part of our life. I I remember we all we cut our own wheat for 
ever. We always had combines, but we also had custom harvesters that would come and help. And I can remember standing in the yard as a little kid, probably four or five, seeing those combines pull in the driveway and knowing then that someday I was going to do that. Mm -hmm. That was my dream ever since I was a little kid. I had two dreams. When I left high school, I graduated and everybody asked, what are you going to do? I wanted to go work on a big ranch, Mm -hmm. not in Oklahoma. (laughs) God's like, you should (laughs) specify it. Yeah. And I wanted to go custom harvesting. So, I mean, at that point, my dream was just to go on someone else's crew Mm -hmm. and work for a custom harvester. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen. I left. I went to Texas for three days and my dad was in an accident, a fatal accident. So I had to come home. So I didn't get to do that. And you think that I didn't feel like God let me down then. Right. And that took years to get over. But he took that dream and made it even bigger. I got to own my own custom harvesting crew for seven years. Mm. And now I'm working on a big ranch. Your other dream. My other you dream. You should have specified. I should have Not specified. in Oklahoma, God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... It's kind of weird how things work out in the end, Mm -hmm. but it's just such a big thing. There's so many parts of it to process Yeah, that I don't know why I thought it would be such an easy change. Like I thought it would be such an easy thing to process and because I'm good at moving on. Like I'm good at bearing emotions down and just like, let's go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm like a rock star at it. Yeah. We're both like like that. Shove my emotions (laughs) way down deep inside and, (laughs) and, and put your head down and muscle through it. But this was hard. I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. My, I had, I love cows. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love working with cattle. It's. You're good at it. It's even. You're so good at it. It's like. I don't love harvest or cattle more. I love them both the same. (laughs) So I thought it was going to be so easy just to go take over this ranch, take care of all the cows. Mm -hmm. Um, Very large ranch. I've never dealt with cattle on that amount of numbers before. Yeah. So I thought it was going to be really easy because I love cows and it was just going to be moving from one dream to another and it was and until I seen the combines going south. And then the emotions came up and there was a lot of emotion. Same. <laughs> it was so hard. We were really depressing to be around for like a solid week. Yeah. It's getting better. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> it it is. is. Now we have to see all of our friends on Facebook yeah. that are down there. I was going to say, because it's better right now because our friends are all rained out down there. But when yeah. it dries out and they start cutting and they're posting about it, I think it's going to hit again. But rainy days were just as much fun. Like they were. Everybody's hanging out in the campground. Mm-hmm. Lots of friends. It was just a whole atmosphere. Yeah. It was just the people that we met on Harvest mm-hmm. will never be forgotten. Mm-mm. And well, in 
we had our, like our biggest job was in Geneva, Nebraska, cutting for this really cool seed farm. We loved the people. Like it was such a fun job. And you called him to tell him that you weren't going on harvest anymore. And what did he say? He said, I knew it. (laughs) Yeah. What else? He was really sad. He was really sad, but he said, if you can find someone to do half as good of a job as you can, send them my way. Yeah. That says something. Yeah. But he was sad to see you go. But he said, guys like you have bigger things ahead. I knew this was coming. They have, they become like family. Like you Mm -hmm. go there every year. They depend on us just as much as we depend on them. And they become like family. And that is a lot harder to move on from than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a, another aspect I didn't like expect to hit. Yeah. Like we do, we rely on them for the job because we have to have their job to make our combine payment mm-hmm. and they have to have us to get their crop <laughs> harvested. Right. So they can reap their benefit of of farming. Yeah. And so we rely on each other and I thought that it would be a lot easier to move on, but yeah, I still think we're where God's called us to be. I think so too. I mean, I really do. It's just, it's not always easy to go where he calls. No. And I think that admitting that helps other people like saying we still did it. We did it kicking and screaming yeah, and being stressy, stressy for a while. Well, at first it was it, we really easy actually, because yeah. it just felt so right. It, yeah. It, okay. Yes. The first week was like, we were kind of on cloud nine. Could We were like, we can't believe what God just did. This is so cool. Yeah. And then we saw the combines go south. And, but I guess at the exact same time as the combines going south, my new job was becoming very demanding. Yes. Also that. So not only am I watching combines going south, I'm not seeing my family like I was hoping. And your so new job was very stressful and demanding. It was extremely stressful. Because you got thrown into running a huge ranch, like thrown in. Yeah. You got driven around one time and said, here's where all the fields are. Enjoy your new job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say it was. Not quite that. Not quite that bad. I mean, you got thrown in. I did feel like I was tossed out of a plane on an island and I had no idea where I was at. But yeah, (laughs) there was um, a lot of times. Yeah. Where I was thinking, you know, it's eight o'clock at night. The sun's going down. Combines are going south, and here I am still at work 45 (laughs) minutes away from home. And that was when it started to set in and and really start working on me. But it'll be be better. Mm -hmm. It's worth it. Yeah. Grady's going to show a calf in the fair, Mm -hmm. and I cannot wait for that. And things are getting ready to slow down. Yes. Like once you're done hang and you get... Milo in the ground and all the cattle are worked. Things slow down for a little bit. Hopefully. Yes. Yeah. All right. Last question that someone asked that I chose from. 
If absence makes the heart grow fonder, will there be an adjustment to Jake being home? Who Listen, whoever asked this question, I feel like has been in a similar situation. Because who <laughs> thinks to ask that unless you've been through it? Yeah. So, you ready for some, like, real talk? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I can't back out now. Right? You can't back out. Okay. The biggest surprise for me, like, while we were harvesting... We fought a lot right when you would leave to go on harvest for the year. Yeah. And it was always weird to me because I was like, I would miss you so much as soon as you left. But I was picking a lot of fights. That felt kind of normal, though, you know, because it was like, well, now we're away from each other. But the biggest surprise to me was that every year when you got home, things were like rough for a while. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like you came home and everything was like 100% smooth sailing until you left for the next year. Like there was an adjustment to you coming home. And I want to talk about this because if whoever's listening, like I know a lot of farm wives listen, this does not just apply to harvest or even just like if your husband works long hours or whatever, but I was seeing a therapist while you were gone the year you went to Canada. And I was telling the therapist, like, why am I picking these fights? Like, I'm not even mad at him. I just want to fight. And then it would, I would get to these points where I like, didn't even miss you, which sounds really bad, but it was like, I just didn't want to feel the emotions. So it was like, I just went numb. And the therapist explained to me that just like children can get reactive attachment disorder, that even as adults, my brain, when you would leave to go on harvest, my brain was like literally rewiring itself to tell my body that you were not safe because you were leaving me and that hurt me. So I couldn't have like a perfect relationship with you because my brain was like saying, he just left you and that hurt, like put up walls. And then the same thing was true when you would come home, my brain was saying he left and that hurt. So don't let him back in. So that when you came home, I felt like we argued a lot because it it didn't make sense that we should be arguing. I should have been thrilled to have you back home. And I was, but knowing that there was like actual science behind that really helped me. And I've told that to like people who will like personally message me. And when I share that info with them, they're like, that makes so much sense. That is so helpful, but it's a real thing. Like there was an adjustment period to you coming home. And I think there was an adjustment period for you too, though. Right? I mean, would you say? Uh, yes, there was an adjustment, but I'm not good with feelings. Like, I you're getting better. I'm getting better. A lot of times, I don't even know what I'm feeling. <laughs> I tell you I what just, you're feeling. Yeah, that's helpful. <laughs> but, but yeah, there's an adjustment. Yeah, and um, when I say like argue a lot, like we. Like, it wasn't like we were fighting every day and stuff. It was just more like all, our best times in marriage when we are just like completely meshing and the closest and like seeing eye to eye completely. It's always in the dead of winter when you've been home for like a month and you're not getting ready to leave again. Like, that's always been our like perfect time. Yeah. So, and the other times weren't like bad. It was just like we were definitely just butting heads more. Yeah, I agree. But you did have an adjustment period. Yeah. Yeah. The hardest part about harvest was 
I wasn't the best husband because I would let harvest get in my head so deep that it became number one. Mm-hmm. Like you have yeah. a client who is solely depending on me to harvest their whole year's crop, their livelihood. What makes or breaks their operation mm-hmm. is on my shoulders. And I have employees that I have to be there for. They depend on me. And I have a family that depends on me. But unfortunately, I knew that you would be fine without me. Like, mm-hmm. you can you can manage. You knew I wasn't me. going anywhere. I knew that you weren't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. The farmer can go find another harvester. Mm -hmm. The employees can go find another employer. I knew that you weren't leaving. And I abused that. It wasn't that you were a bad husband on harvest. I mean, I know I don't want it to sound like that, but it was that you were such a good husband in the winter. Yeah. Like we spent like every hour together in the winter. We were never apart. Hardly. I mean, you were just, you were the best in the winter. I mean. I had nowhere else to be. Right. (laughs) And it, I mean, it, but it spoiled me. Like it was so good that when summer hit and you weren't there to tell me I was beautiful every 28 seconds, it was like, well, what the heck, you know? And you were kind of short and snippy when you were really stressed because you had a farmer bring it, breathing down your neck or, you know, whatever was going on that our emotions were both so heightened because I was here with three kids, like stressed out doing this by myself. You were stressed out trying to do the best job because like we've stated, you're a perfectionist. And so like when you're going to do a job, you're going to do it right. And you're going to focus on it a hundred percent, which is a great quality, but it just, when both of us were at such high stress levels, it just, it just made it so much harder. Yeah. Yeah. Harvest is like so much adrenaline every day. Mm-hmm. I get tunnel vision and it's just like harvest, mm-hmm. harvest, harvest. Get the crop out of the field at all costs. Mm-hmm. And I would forget to pick up the phone and see how the kids are doing until one o'clock in the morning when they're asleep. Yeah. I think the biggest fight in our marriage was that you missed my sister's wedding. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Like we fought about that for a year Yeah, and her one year anniversary was two weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) No, not really, but but we're laughing about it. We're laughing about it, but it was in like Instagram came along for that whole saga. Yeah. Because I, I got a message on Instagram. I told you about it a couple weeks ago when the girl messaged me and she was like, I remember when, oh, it was when we announced that we weren't going on harvest. Somebody messaged me and she said, I remember last year when your husband couldn't make it to your sister's wedding, how like devastated you were. And she was like, I don't know how you did that. I'm so happy your family is like back together. And it made me like, think about it that, yeah, we're, I'm sad and I'm struggling with not going on harvest, but also that was like such a low moment for me. Like I remember laying on my bed in my bridesmaid's dress, I was the best. Oh my gosh, what's it called? Oh, maid of honor. I was like, yeah, best you're woman? not a best woman. I was like, what? <laughs> like you are the best woman, but 
I was yeah. the maid of honor. I was wondering what you're getting. I know. At. I was like, best you're not woman the best man. You're not right. the best woman. <laughs> maid of honor. Yeah. Like because we had the wedding here. Well, we had the reception here at the farm in our yeah. shop. Uh-huh. So all of our family and friends are on our farm. We clean the shop was the cleanest it's ever been. We had a DJ. We had a taco bar. Like all of our friends and family were in our shop dancing, just celebrating all through the night. And I was by myself. And I was in Texas. You were in Texas. Sitting in a combine. Mm-hmm. And that was like the hardest night because like to see all the couples dancing together in our shop. And it was like, no. Jake and I have danced in this shop so many times, but on the night of this wedding, when we should be dancing in it, we don't get to. Yeah. And I remember like one of the last songs of the night, my dad two-stepped with me, but we had FaceTimed you. And it was just like, it, that was like one of my lowest moments of harvest for sure. And then the very next day was Grady's birthday yep. and you still weren't home. Right. So it was like two really big days in a row that we FaceTimed you and that was it that having that to look back on is a good perspective of like, I think I'm romanticizing harvest, you know? Yeah. I did love it and it did have its really good times, but it was also really hard. It was in moments like that. Yeah. To be fair, there was a 90% <laughs> chance of rain for the day before the wedding yeah. and the day of the wedding. And I was sitting there watching lightning on all four sides of me. Mm hmm. And like I said, when the farmer is relying on you, mm-hmm. I could not tell the farmer, I'm sorry that your crop is sitting out here, but I have to go to a wedding. He would not have appreciated that. And there's a lot of things I could have done different, but it's too late for that. Mm, I mean, same, but it's, I mean, we learn from them. Yeah. But. Yeah. Harvest was great, but it was also hard. And that's the story. That's the story. (laughs) But I mean, I hope the message of it encourages someone. I know I get a lot of messages from people who are like, I stepped out in faith, but this is really hard. And I don't really see the end of this in sight. You know, where's the light at the end of the tunnel? So hopefully hearing us be real and be like, yeah, I kind of regret (laughs) today i don't think we see the light at the end of the tunnel quite yet no we don't but we will we don't see the light at the tunnel but we trust that it's there yes like we this is where faith comes into play yeah like i don't think that god would have made all these things line up for no reason at all yeah and my gut told me that i was making the right decision going for the new job. Mm-hmm. And so I just, that, that had to be faith. Yeah. And last thing I'll say, all the things that lined up to make us believe that God was leading us to stop harvesting, even if those weren't from God and we were totally wrong, God knew and still knows that our hearts were to be obedient to him. Exactly. Like our one goal was to be obedient. So even if God was like, yeah, that wasn't really me giving you signs. You chose the wrong thing. That doesn't matter because he sees our hearts. That exactly. Our whole point was 
we're going to be obedient, whatever you're asking us to do. And we're going to give you the glory either way. That is what he sees. 100%. Maybe it wasn't at all <laughs> what he wanted. Maybe but I think it was. I'm, I mean, maybe I'm blind and I didn't see where he was leading me. <laughs> no, but I think it was. I think it was too. But like you said, maybe it wasn't. It It could be that it wasn't. And even if it wasn't, he's still with us. Right. Where Wherever we go. Because you nailed it. He knows our heart and our heart was to do what he wanted us to do. And that's what we felt like we were doing. As long as we felt like we were doing what we were doing for him Mm -hmm. and his glory, then he's going to be with us. Yeah. Right or wrong. Mm -hmm. All right. Anything else? We covered a lot. Do you have anything else? I don't know. I don't know. You're going to not sleep tonight. You're going to wake up at like midnight and be like, I should have said that. I do that all the oh, time. Oh, no. I'm going to sleep. Don't worry. <laughs> You're tired. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow I'll think You'll of think of something. Yeah. All right. Well, we hope that this encouraged someone or at least made you feel a little less alone if you're, you know, yeah. feeling like you were called somewhere and then wondering why it wasn't just a piece of cake after God called you there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get in line with everyone else. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for joining us today. 